Hey, good morning. Who's glad to be at church today? Anybody? Anybody glad to be at church? Hey, I'm so thankful that you're with us today, and uh, today we have a special treat. Um, we have a, a guest pastor. Um, his name's James Kraft. Uh, in fact, he is one of my coaches. You guys, uh, if you've been coming to City Hope long enough, you know that I, I have a, a couple coaches. One of them is Ed Funderburk. He lives in the Keller area, and, and he coaches me as well. He spoke to us in May of last year, but we also, I also have another coach. His name's James Kraft, and he and his wife, uh, Terry, are with us this weekend, and James has been coaching me. I, I came across him through a small group curriculum video, and uh, they lead a ministry together called Life Unplugged, and they do, they focus on coaching and, and marriage intensives, different things like that, and, and I tell you what, it's been such a blessing in my life Here's what I would want you to know. Everybody needs somebody in their life that's saying, hey, you can do better in this area. That's why we have small groups, by the way. It's because we believe that life change happens in circles, not in rows. We, we all need somebody where we can take off the mask and say, hey, this is, this is, this is me. This is what I'm dealing with. This is, my, this is where I'm at in life. And that person around us can say, hey, here's a better way. Have you tried this? Come on, do you believe we need that, right? Every one of us, that's the way we find that's the, way we, that's the way we grow in our relationship with Christ. So today, I want, I want you to just, would you stand up on your feet, and let's give a City Hope welcome today to James Kraft as he comes out and brings the message today. Well, thank you. Well, it's great to be here. My wife is right here in the front row. Terry, just wave your hand. She's uh, my better half. And you talk to her, and you'll realize, yeah, you're right. Uh, I'm so, so glad to be here with you guys today. Uh, we are from Southern California, but we are not crazy. Don't worry, okay? I know you guys have uh, pinned us a certain way, uh, but we're halfway normal, okay? And, uh, but we live near Los Angeles, outside of Los Angeles. And, uh, and we, it's actually nice and kind of cool there right now, like high of 80. And I came here, I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is how the rest of the world lives here. And it was hot here. Uh, but love it, love it, love it. And it's just great to be here. Had a great dinner last night um, at McBride's. Some of the good, uh, Pastor Ben, to maybe say, get the steak with the, the bacon around it. I'm like, bring it. I'll take it. Oh, my gosh. That was good stuff, you guys. So well done on doing your steaks here. I love it. And so, but we're just so grateful to be here with you guys. Uh, you know, it's great to be Ben's coach because when I meet with him every week, Every single week, we have a specific time, a specific place, and we meet online on Zoom. And the reason for that is so that I get to help be a part of his life, of shaping who he is and who he is to become. Okay, now you're thinking, pastor does that? Yes, your pastor does that because he believes in personal growth and helping him go and his family because what he does impacts his family, his marriage, and so forth. And so I get to poke and prod and, and push and, and do things that you don't get to do probably a lot of times, but he does to you every weekend or whatever, okay? So just know other people are shaping him and kind of poking and, and saying, let's discover what health is. Can I just say to you today, you are in a church that is healthy because leadership is leading in a way that's an example for you all. Okay, that we all are called to be disciples of Christ. Can I hear an amen on that? We all are called to grow, and it's all called to be chipping away at areas that need to be chipped away. And so I'm thankful for my relationship and have time with him. But my wife and I, I do coaching with a lot of pastors because we've been pastors for 25 years. And, um, and also, this month, we celebrate 30 years of marriage. Can, come on, guys. All right. Uh, 
We got married when we were 10 years old, and it was great, you know, and so... Uh, but we got uh, 30 years under our belt, and so we're really thankful for that. But we've been in ministry forever, and the last church that we pastored was a church in Hawaii. Yes, somebody has to do it, okay, so we had to be in Hawaii to do it. Um, but our church was about 10,000 people that we were the lead pastors at. And so we did a lot of great things, a lot of things right. But I also did a lot of things wrong. And I discovered along the way, gosh, that's not the way to do it. And so now my heart is to help pastors where they're at to grow in their pastoral leadership, but as a person as well. But our focus, though, and then my wife and I, besides that, that's what I get to do because I love pastors, um, we work on marriages. So my wife and I really hunker down, and we do a lot of uh, marriages, and we do marriage conferences and marriage intensives. And it's not because, uh, you know, we want to just go fix everybody. We want to create environments where people can grow and thrive and be a part of a solution that brings life to their marriage. And so we love doing what we do. Typically, we're speaking together, and she speaks better than I do. So this is where you would see the two of us working as one because it's a marriage that we have today that we never got to do before. And so we're really thankful that we get to be a part and do and be that. But you know what? It, it impacts something here that this is my family here that you can see. Um, I have three daughters, okay, three beautiful girls. Uh, I'm the ugly duckling guy in the middle. So, But I got three beautiful girls, and now I finally have my son-in-law. And so I finally got a guy, a dude in my house, all right? So I'm like, oh, thank God. And he likes to shoot guns and everything else like that. So it makes me feel even more manly, all right? But this is something that's very special to me. Because I've been able to work in my life discovering my uniqueness and who I am because I want to impact a legacy that's going to live on and so that will live on for years to come beyond me. And so this is important for me to see this every single day. I have it in my house. It's always in front of me to see my family because it reminds me who I am and what God's called me to be and do. But, you know, as I know as parenting and and ministry and, and all the things that we do, coaching, it's like, wow. I sometimes feel like I'm just running out of time every single day. Does anybody here feel like, like, where does all the time go? Just raise your hand if you're like, you're running out of time. Good, all four or five of us, great, praise the Lord. All right, so good. Well, I'm telling you right now, time is a very, a very important commodity in our lives. And so it's hard to realize, wait a second, where is all that time going? But I want to talk to you today about how God wants to multiply your time through your 5%. Well, what is 5%, James? I'm going to explain that. By the time we're done with this, you're going to understand what that 5% is and how to practically apply it to your life where you're at. I'm going to start off by applying it to my life so you can see how I have done that. And then we're going to give you the tools to apply it to your personal life. And I want to explain as we move forward. But there is a multiplier effect in your life. Say that word, multiplier effect. Multiplier effect. If we steward... 5% of our lives, I'll explain that, and live correctly the way God wants us to do, God will use that to multiply every aspect of your life. But if we don't um, focus in on that 5%, we're going to miss out on God's potential of what he wants to do in you. We block it. And so I want us to discover what that 5%. But first of all, we have to realize that we all start on the same playing field. We all start off with a certain amount of hours in each day, and that is how many hours a day? You guys are a little bit more sharper than the first service, or they just didn't wake up. I don't know. So 24 hours. Everybody say 24. 24 hours. Just like the talents in the the New Testament, 
we are responsible for investing every minute of every day. Investment of that. And I want to talk to you about time and how God wants to multiply that time and in your life. And so I want to look at this scripture here. It says this. In Proverbs 9, 11, it says, For by me your days will be multiplied, and years of life will be added to you. I don't care what people say. You know what? You can't find more time. You can't save it for later. Okay, you can't do that, and you can't go buy more time. But I'll tell you what you can do with time. You can waste it. You can waste it. You can spend it poorly, and you can lose it. I don't know about you, but I know procrastination is probably one of the greatest uh, kind of uh, diseases in our life, right? Is procrastinate. Is anybody, don't raise your hand, just kind of like sit there and, yeah, you procrastinate once in a while. Can I hear a grunt? Maybe, yeah, yeah. I procrastinate sometimes. When I procrastinate is when I'm trying to avoid something. When something makes me feel uncomfortable, I'm afraid of, all right, confrontation or a project or things I don't want to do, I procrastinate. I kind of put it, and I think I say, oh, but these things are much more important. And, and then I can procrastinate, and I'll, I'll do it in the afternoon. Well, then the afternoon takes care of itself, and you say, forget it, and you do it the next day, right? And it's just procrastination, and it eats my time away. And I don't use and steward that time well. You know, and some of us here, we, we use time, and we kind of blow it out the window, too, and, and we binge-watch stuff. Has anybody ever binge-watched anything on TV before? All right, good. Nobody? Well, you guys are really spiritual here. Uh, but I have, right? Uh, does anybody remember that show 24? You know, remember 24? Who are the 24 fans here? Raise your hand. Yes, it was violent. Just deal with it, okay? Uh, but it's really important because they had all these different seasons, but they would do it in their 40-minute episodes, you know, and you were able to watch it without commercials. That's the worst thing for a guy like me, okay? Because I will watch it 40 minutes, I'm like, I, and they leave you, ding, ding, you know, that, that sound, ding, ding. And all of a sudden, you know that the next episode's coming right up. It's only 40 more minutes. It's only 40 more minutes. And I'd find myself at 2 o'clock in the morning watching another stupid episode of 24. And I wasted all this time watching a TV show. You know, some of you laugh because you did the same exact thing. I am not the only one in this room. But I want to look at this. Because just like money, you can invest your time. If you don't invest your time, it will be lost. And it will be lost forever. I'm going to say that, and I want to be firm with that, because I want us to see time as valuable, and it's a gift from the Lord. God does not give us a warning uh, just for the fun of it. He says, hey, I want you to invest this because there is blessings to come, but there's also, if you don't invest it, there's a consequence. It says here, it says, be careful how you walk, not as the unwise, but as the what? Wise. We want to grow in our wisdom, making the most of your time. You're not here just to put your time in here at church. You're here to invest your time this morning. This worship this morning was incredible. It filled me up into the being in the presence of the Lord to worship with you. This is very important that Terry and I, we did not see this time today as coming and wasting our time with you. We saw it as a time to come and invest our time in the body of Christ with you. Because we are the body of Christ. Even if I'm from another state, we see this as a variable, a very important investment in our lives. And so it's important for we to grow in that wisdom, making the most of your time. 
Why? Because for the days are evil. Gosh, yeah, they are. We see it all over the place. And so we also know that there's an enemy that he is out to kill, steal, and destroy your life. He does not want you to succeed. He does not want you personally to have hope. He does not want your marriage to thrive. He doesn't want your family to be intact. He does not want anything good for you. He wants to destroy you. If you're dead, he's happy. But we serve a God that is greater in us than he that is in our world. Amen? And so we realize this as, a, as people that we are to grow in wisdom and as we see how time is invested in our own lives. And so I heard one person say it this way. Bad news. Time flies. But you're the pilot. You can direct and move how you invest your time and how you imply this into your personal lives so that you become the one that is actually being a person of influence in this world today. Can I hear an amen on that? I say amen a lot. This is to have to deal with it, okay? <laughs> time is going to be your most valuable, valuable commodity. Really, James? Yeah. Ask a teenager or a student who spent their full year in a class and find out they failed the class and realize they got to take that class over again. And they wasted their time because they didn't apply themselves into that. Or talk about a, a, uh, somebody who's uh, maybe uh, they went to the doctor and the doctor says, hey, you know what, you don't have much time to live. You got about a month. You think that month is valuable to them? You bet it is. How about a mom, you know, that lost their baby and, and her baby and, and the doctor says, man, if we just had one more week, the lungs would have been fully developed and the baby would have been fine. One week. Or think about someone, just a second, you, you miss an accident that would, might, might have been life-threatening by one second, you know, that you can see and how that time is valuable, that one second. I, was, uh, I, I used to work down in downtown L.A. Uh, at, at our denomination's headquarters, and, and I'd drive down there every single morning. I'd leave at 4.30 in the morning, get down there, and, and, uh, but I'd drive on the freeways. Yes, the freeways in L.A. are horrible, okay? And I, was, and I, I drove a Prius. I'm going to confess that right now, okay? Uh, I drive a truck now, so you're all happy with me, okay? Um, thank you, yes. Yeah, so someone's clapping for me, <laughs> yes. Um, but I had a Prius, and I was driving down, and in the Prius at that time, I was able to go in the carpool lane, okay? They had that little sticker right in there, you know, and I didn't steal it, okay? I, I went to the DMV and got it. And that meant you can drive in the carpool lane by yourself if you wanted to. So I'm driving in the carpool lane, going whatever it is, 85 miles an hour, going down the freeway, because everybody else does, does the same thing. And all of a sudden, I'm going, and I'll look up. It's early in the morning. I'm kind of still waking up. And I look to my left, and I see a car in the air, and I see the bottom side of the car right next to me on the other carpool lane going the other way on the other side of the cement divider. And, you know, at first you're like, is that what I think it is? That's a car upside. That doesn't look right. That <laughs> doesn't look natural. And I realized something bad's happening, and the car flipped up and went in my lane behind me and slid behind me, and I drove away. I just, whew. And then all of a sudden, adrenaline just goes, whoom, fills my body up, and, uh, and I'm grabbing my steering wheel like 10 times harder, thinking, I almost died there. Can you imagine if I was one second earlier that car would have hit me right on. That second was valuable to me, very valuable. That I'm able to stand here today to be with you, to stand and be a father to my kids and a husband to my wife, and, and I get to go and be who I am 
every single day. But could you imagine if that second was a little off? It would have been a different story, a completely different story. So time is very, very valuable to all of us. And so we realize this, as I've said before, and you can understand this, time is your most valuable commodity here in our lives today. Reminds me of a story of a guy who went and spent some time with God, and he says, God, you know, he had some specific questions. What is a million years to you? He goes, oh, it's like a second to you. The guy's all, wow, that's really impressive. Okay, cool. He goes, God, what, what's like a million dollars to you? And he goes, oh, that's like a penny to you. It's nothing, you know, it's a penny. And so the guy is sitting there with God, and he goes, wow. So he built up enough courage to ask one more question. He goes, God, you know, can I have a million dollars? And then God goes, well, in a second, in a second. So, yeah, okay, you guys woke up a little bit more than the first service did. <laughs> But we look at that and we realize time is valuable. I want to look at this scripture here. It says in Psalms 90, verse 12, it says, Teach us to number our days so we may, be, may present to you a heart of wisdom. So there's a theme here of wisdom that's flowing through here that God wants us to grow in. Because I want you to see your 5% today as I unpack it, as a part of understanding, a part of your wisdom that you're growing in. But I want to look at how time is such a major, major part of who you are that we don't waste our time. I want to look at this, you know, because I, I didn't do well in math growing up. Does anybody else here? Math was not your subject. All right, praise the Lord, two of you. Okay. Uh, I want to look at a math problem that we all can solve. Okay. I think we can do these math problems. And I'm going to do this. I'm going to say the equation here, and you're going to give me the answer. Okay. The first answer is two. So we'll all be on the same page. Okay. So you don't feel stupid. All right. So two times one is what? It's good. Good job. Wow, you guys are sharper than the first. I don't know. This is. They were a little more alert there. Two times two is. Good job. Two times three is. All right. Two times four is. No, it's a piece of wood. It's a two by four. For crying out loud. Come on. No, it's eight. Okay. And so we look at this, and it's important for us to realize, as we see, that the first column here is a common number. Right? It's common. It's the same. But if you look at this next column, that's the multiplier effect. That's the multiplier uh, 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 digit that actually it will help increase the answer or the final number. And so we call this that multiplier effect in our lives. And so God wants to see you focus your life so that this multiplier effect can go up so the outcome increases. God wants to improve and increase your life productivity. As we unpack, you'll see what that looks like. But the multiplier effect is the key factor here today. That God wants to multiply your efforts, multiply your time, multiply what you're doing according to his will for your life. You know, every day I look at this because this is something that drives me. And each day we have a certain multiplier effect. And I'm here to suggest this. If you focus on the 5% of your life that I'm going to unpack today, the 95% of your life will be cared for. If you focus on the 95%, you will forfeit that 5%. I'm going to unpack that, and you'll see what I'm saying here. Okay? On your notes there, I want you to look at write these numbers down because this next one is a part of just some numbers that you can see that bring some clarity. One is this. 85% of what you can do anybody else can do. You can hire and get, they can just, you know, with their emails or, you know, even go to church, text, texting or, you know, calls or whatever it is, all that busy work. Somebody else could do it with no training. They could do it, no problem. 
But if you look at this, 10% of what you can do, you could hire someone or train somebody to do what you do with some training. So look, it becomes even more specified, you know, what your skill set is. You can train someone to do that part of your life. So 85% of what you specifically do, anybody can do. You can have them do it for you. If you want to hire them, they can do it. 10% of what you can do, you can train them or get them equipped to do it. No problem. But 5%, oh, I did this again. I apologize, all right? 5% of what you can do, no one else can do. No one can replace you. No one can do this part of your life. It's only 5% of what you can do. No one else can do. Only you can do it. So it's important to understand when we realize what those 5%, 5% is, it's the multiplier effect that reproduces what God wants to do and then impacts the world around us. It's important for us to understand that we, we, our greatest asset in our life is our uniqueness, your uniqueness. Can I just empower you today? Some of you came into church today thinking, where am I in life? Where am I in my, my relationships? Where am I in my marriage with my kids, my job, my career? Who am I? And you're really doubting yourself right now. And I'm going to tell you, you are unique. No one else is like you. You are one of a kind. You are a designer gene. No one else can replicate you in specific areas of your life. No one can do the job for you. So this is an incredible call to all of us here today is to answer the call of our uniqueness and calling that God has on your life. But what is that? Well, I'd like to unpack that a little bit. But first, I just want to finish up even the thought of where your time is going and how much time you're spending. I want to look at, did anybody here know how many hours there are in a week? Does anybody here? Just yell it out if you know. Great, good. It's 168. Good job. You guys did good. Okay. Um, so you get 100, everybody here gets 168 hours in a week day, I mean, in a week, all right? 168 hours. You don't get more and you don't get less. We all get 168 hours. But if you break it down, you can see that most of us, we spend 50 of those hours sleeping, seven to eight hours a day. That's if you're healthy. Okay, teenagers, they're like 12 to 15, I don't know, something like that, okay? And so, or then also, you spend about 22 hours a week eating. Some of you like to do more of that, okay? And then so that you do more of that, all right? So um, then two is we spend about 11 hours, these are national averages, 11 hours uh, in personal hygiene, uh, Gene, and I'll tell you right now, teenagers, they spend a lot, teenage guys, boys, I'm sorry, guys, if you're in here right now, you don't spend 11 hours, maybe one or two for the whole week, but that's where uh, <laughs> we need to work on that, okay? Uh, I heard a mama say amen to that one, and I stand with her, so. <laughs> uh, 10 hours a week by commuting, and if you live in Los Angeles, you would add pain and suffering to that equation, okay? Uh, and also 40 hours a week in work. So if you add up all those hours, these hours are out of your control. You spend about 133 hours of your 168 hours that are out of your control. You don't have a choice. You've got to do those things. So it's important for, to realize those are consumed. So if you break it down and you see the 168 hours, this is my math that I can do. Okay, minus 133, you've got 35 hours per week that are discretionary. They're your hours. You can do what you want with those. So if you divide that by seven, that's about five hours per day that you have each and every day to invest in what you want to invest in. 
what you want to spend your time and put your life to. And so it's, for, it's important for us to realize this because when you break down the five, five hours, I want to equate that to your 5%. Because there's five things that I want to look at that you can do that no one else can do that you have five hours a day to invest in. Okay? Make, a, make it easy there. And so if you focus on the 95, you might lose that five. But if you focus on the five, you will gain the other 95%. Well, James, what does that look like? Well, I want to unpack that and give you what, what I do, what it looks like for me. In this area of my life, my 5%, if you want to look at this and what my 5% is this, is only I can be the husband to my wife. And I consider it a privilege and honor to be her husband. And I'm thankful. But I could forfeit that. And I have had done, I've done things in my life that could have forfeited that. But we have committed to this, that this is our investment. And only I, in this state of right place where we are, is I can be a husband that loves her, cares for, empowers her. She is a dynamic leader. And to see her be all that God can be, well, that's my responsibility. That's, that's my role. That's a privilege that I have. And if you look at this, you know, if you see my life, I have such an incredible, we love to adventure together. We love to play together. Oh, man, we love to go on dates together. We are each other's best friends. We even, here, you ready for this? Now, guys, don't get jealous. We love to golf together. Yeah, see, see, you hear all that noise? That's all the guys groaning. Oh, Really? Yeah, we love to golf together. I never thought that would happen. <laughs> I never thought it was possible. <laughs> but you know what? We love to play. But I'm the only one who can be the husband to my wife, Terry. The second thing is, if you want to look at my 5%, there's five of them, is only I can be a dad to my kids. If you look at these pictures of my kids, they are beautiful, dynamite. We have my high schooler who's still in high school, my college student who's an architect major, uh, Miss Smarty Pants, my, wife, my oldest daughter who is a uh, therapist and, and uh, following and a coach, and then I have my son-in-law now. I got a dude in the family, man. I love it. Okay? He likes to shoot guns and just like to be a dude once in a while. And I tell you, I can only be a dad to my kids. Someone can't do that for me. I can't hire people to do this for me. I can't rely on the school system to do that for me. I can't rely on the youth pastor to do that for me. I'm dad. I'm dad. And they see me as dad. They don't call anybody else dad. And so this is important for us and for Terry and I to realize this is my role, my 5%. This is my uniqueness. Okay? The third thing here is, is only I can grow my relationship with Christ. I can't have someone do that for me. I can't have someone read the Bible and I'm the recipient of that. Or worship and I'm the recipient of that. Or be disciplined and I have to do that. I have to grow my relationship with Christ. And this is important for, uh, for me to understand that. Because so many people, they rely on pastor to do the job for them. To read and then interpret and then give. And rather than read God's word and allow God to speak to you. God wants to have an individual relationship with you. But you got to grow that. That's your response. That's my responsibility. That's my responsibility. And I love that. Abraham Lincoln once said this. He says, it doesn't matter how tall your grandfather was. Everyone has to grow for themselves. Whew. Yeah. And so the, four, the fourth thing here is only I can keep myself physically fit. Now, I'm in okay shape. I wish I could be better. 
I went to a, a Division I college. I ran track and field. I was in really good shape then. Nothing like I am now. Okay? And I looked at myself today. I'm like, no, I have to be disciplined to keep myself in shape so that I can be impactful in our world today. I can continue to love my wife, love my kids, be here, be responsible in those things. But i got to take care of myself. And do I like the sweets? You bet I do. Do I like the salty stuff? Uh, yep, I sure do. Do I dislike going to the doctor? Uh-huh, I don't like going to the doctor. But I'm taking care of myself so that I can live a healthy life. Can I hear an amen on that? All right, all the women say yes on that one, okay? Okay, the last thing of my 5%, which is this, only I can take time to enjoy life. My wife and I, uh, we made the decision recently to buy a Sprinter van. Does anybody know what a Sprinter van is? Okay, good, all two of you. Um, but it's one of these smaller vans, like little mini motorhomes, and, and we go on adventures, and we go and discover places. We live by the ocean, so we go and spend the day at the beach, and we have this, and I love the surf. I'm a surfer in the ocean. The reason I like to surf so much is because there's no computers, there's no cell phones, and there's no one talking to me out there other than me, dolphins, and waves. And I have time with the Lord that's so valuable to me. And I get to enjoy the world around me. It's important to me. you got to find your niche. you got to find your way of doing that. And so it's important to see, well, those are mine. Well, I want to flip those. I want to make those actually applicable to you. Grab your teaching notes here. i got a few blanks there. I'd like for you to fill in some things and make some specific notes for you and how you're called to do these things, okay? The first one here is we want to put on, the, on, the, on your notes here is a, to grow a vibrant and growing relationship with your spouse. Even if you're not married, you still need to understand these principles. Maybe one day you're going to be married, you're going to want to have these principles in your life, okay? Have you ever heard the word or the term, a happy wife is a happy what? Is that true? <laughs> you bet it is. <laughs> I'm telling you, my wife's not happy, and I'm not codependent with my wife. But if she's not happy, oh, man. And if I'm the cause of it, oh, man. Okay, we got some problems. All right, but I'll tell you, when I get to invest in her and we are thriving together, there's nothing like it. There's a, there's a gel. There's a unity. There's something special that we are operating because God brought us together as a miracle and from different parts, and we're able to come together as one. And when we operate as one, we're unstoppable. But when we operate separately in our selfishness and our pride and in our destructive patterns, man, we can take out the world and those around us. And so we realize that this is important for us and for you today is that this is a part of your work that you would invest into your wife and your, your husband and live and love them and learn how to work together as one. It says here in, 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 in 1 Timothy, it says this, deacons, which is God's servants, which is all of us here, must be husbands of only one wife and good managers of their children and their, and their um, household. I'll tell you right now, we are called, men, let me speak to you clearly, and let me speak to you directly as a man. There are so many things in our world today that are drawing you away from your wives. If you go online, there is a lot of stuff online from erotic stuff, that things that are drawing you away, pornography that would pull you into a place of distraction and take your eyes off of your love. And I'm going to say to you today, grace be to you, but let this day be a day of new beginnings where you acknowledge it and realize, you know what, i got to do something about that. 
Because God's called me to give all of my heart to my wife, to give her everything of me, who I am, and not to split that with other women out there. It might not be a physical relationship, but if you are looking and seeing and this and that and entertaining, you're giving your heart away. Can I hear an amen? I know that's hard, but it's real. And our world today is so over-sexualized that it's destroying marriages today. And for all you men out there, I want to I want you to say this. We are called to be a one-woman man. That's it. All the ladies would say? Amen. Thank you very much. <laughs> all right? You, this is important for all of us to understand so that we can stick with our wives. It says here, I'm going to look at this next one here. Uh, the second is healthy families and relationships are a priority in your 5%. How do you do that? Maybe some of you are saying here today, I don't have a family. Everybody has a family. Look somebody to next to you right now and say, you're my family. Come on. You're my family. The body of Christ is part of our family. Our neighbors, our co-workers, our friends, our groups of friends. That's our family. That's where you're at. Some of you here today have kids and a husband and wife. That's your family. But I don't want anyone here to feel like they're disqualified and don't have a family. We all have a family. We've got to open that up and see it and look at it, what God says and how it is. You know, our world today with COVID hitting, so many people exited the church and not all of them have come back to the local church. That this is the healthiest place or can be the healthiest place where family can be developed. And so my encouragement today to you is go find those people who haven't come back to church and bring them back to church because we need community. We are created for it. Amen? But so many of us, we feel like we just don't have time for these two. And since, you know what, these could be put on the back burner. They can't be on the back burner. My wife and I, we, we do a, a marriage conference, and, and this is something that we do every year in Dallas. All right, that's, uh, and I asked Pastor Regan to tell you about this. But on September 10th, for one day on a Saturday, uh, we bring in guest speakers, and we spoil the heck out of you. And then we ask people to come in for a marriage and relationship conference. And uh, it's on September 10th. And I'd like to invite you. We're going to have flyers out on the outside in the next step uh, uh, table. And this is something that if you are here and you haven't invested in your marriage in a long time or your family, I'd like for you to come. Take one day to invest in your relationships that are important to you. And show your family that they are a priority. And so we have these flyers. My wife and I will be out in the back, and you can talk to us about it and take a flyer and go sign up online. But it's important to realize you've got to make time for it. And on time, make time for it. Carve away at it. Uh, a guy named Harry Chapman, has anybody heard of him? Uh, he, was an, he was a singer at one time, way before even my time. But I grew up on this song. It's uh, Cats in the Cradle. Has anybody heard that song? Cats in the Cradle. In the cradle. Okay. Well, he wrote, uh, he, had, he sang the song, and, and uh, he performed it many, many times. And, and I want to read some of the, the, the lyrics of this song. And I want you to hear about a dad who said he didn't have enough time for his son. The song goes like this. My child arrived just the other day. He came into this world in a usual way. But there were planes to catch and bills to pay. He learned to walk while I was away, and he was talking before I knew it. And as he grew, he'd say, I'm going to be like you, Dad. I'm going to be just like you, Dad. And he goes on the chorus, other, the ver, or chorus says, and the cats in the cradle and the, the silver spoon, little boy blue and the man in the moon. When are you coming home, Dad? I don't know when, 
But when we get together then, you'll know we'll have a good time then. He goes on in the next verse and says, My son turned 10 the other day. He said, Thanks for the ball, Dad. Come on, let's play. Can you teach me to throw? I said, Not today. I got to do, do, do a lot to do, he said. That's okay. He said, He walked away, but his smile never dimmed and said, I'm going to be like you, Dad. I'm going to be like you. He goes on, and the next verse says, Well, he came from college just the other day, so much like a man. I just had to say, Son, I'm proud of you. Can you sit for a while? He shook his head, and he said with a smile, What I really like, Dad, is to borrow the car keys. See you later. Can I have them, please? <laughs> then he goes, and the cat's in the cradle, and the silver spoon, little boy blue, the man on the moon. When are you coming home, son? I don't know when. But when we get together then, Dad, you know, we'll have a good time then. In his last verse, he says this, well, a long time, uh, I've long since retired. My son moved away. I called him up the other day. I said, I'd like to see you if you don't mind. He said, I'd love to, Dad, if I can find some time. You see, my new job's a hassle, and the kids got the flu, but it's sure nice talking to you, Dad. It's been nice talking with you. And he ends the song by saying this. And as I hung up the phone, it occurred to me, he'd grown up just like me. The boy was just like me. How many of us can say that we didn't make time or have time and our kids or those who are following us became just like us? That God is a redeeming God. He wants to restore those things, and he wants to rebuild. Funny thing is, is Harry Chapman didn't write that song. His wife did. And he had that song, and at seven years old, of his son, his son was turned seven, he was out doing 200 shows a year, and his wife says, Harry, when are you going to spend time with our son? He goes, after this summer tour, I promise you, I'm going to block out months. I'm going to be home to spend time as a family. July 16th of that summer, he was killed in a car accident on Long Island Expressway in New York, never able to fulfill that promise. And he missed the opportunity to be there with his son. A vibrant and growing relationship with your spouse, healthy family relationships are never defined by not having enough time. It's a choice. Amen? Let's go on here. The third thing here is growing spiritually. It says here in Colossians 1.10, it says here, See to it that you walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. Please him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in knowledge of God. If you are increasing in the knowledge of God, you stay fresh and you hear from him. If you aren't staying fresh with him, then you're depending on pastor or others to hear God for you. God wants to speak to you, but you have to spend the time investing in your relationship and growing spiritually. That is not a guilt trip, and that is not shame. It's just we're all there. How, about, how, how, how many times have we all found ourselves, I just wish I could have, I wish I would have done, I wish I would have spent time with God, and we just didn't do it. Today is the day of new beginnings. Amen? Today is the day that God says, hey, let's start today. Let's do something new today. And then the third thing, and the fourth thing here is physically healthy, taking care of your body. You know, it's amazing. We come into this place, and we call it the sanctuary, where people gather. 
Well, the Bible defines our body as a sanctuary where the Holy Spirit dwells. And it says here in 1 Corinthians, it says here, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. So these are things that no one can do for you. Only you can do. And the last thing here is this. Oh, like I said, last thing here is to take time to enjoy life. <laughs> when your pastor was going away on vacation, I said to him, please turn your phone, your computer off, and just enjoy life. He sent me pictures. You both did. I saw pictures of this lake they were at. I'm like, ugh. And it just filled my lungs looking at it. But I didn't get to go with them. They received. They took time. There are times, I, I've, and, and you can verify, I've said this to you. I said, we'd be at, at the end of our coaching session. I said, Ben, I, I'd like for you to do this. I'd like for you to go outside. I'd like for you to take your shoes off. And I'd like for you to go stand in your grass. And I want you to turn your face towards the sun. Close your eyes. And I want you to breathe deep. And I want you to feel it. And I want you to experience it. And I want you to have no shoes. I want you to feel the grass under your feet. And I just want you to take it all in. You might think, that is the weirdest thing I've ever heard in my life. But there's something of grounding that takes, allows us to be present where we are. Here's a practical tool that I want to give everybody here. It's called the 10-second rule. Today, as you drive or you go and you experience lunch with somebody, take 10 extra seconds to look them in the eyes and just be present with them. As you watch the sunset, there's beautiful sunsets around here, as you watch the sunset go down and the colors of the sky, take just 10 extra seconds and just stare at it and take it all in. Experience something new. Allow yourself to create a narrative and a story through your life, through your experiences. If we do these five things, I'm going to tell you this very clearly. Hear me out. If we focus on these five, the 95% of your life will be taken care of. But if we're focusing and chasing dreams and, and jobs and this and that, you're going to lose your 5% that only you can do today. Amen? Amen. Would you pray with me? While we're just sitting here and with your eyes closed, I, I need you to hear something that the Lord would want you to hear today. You're not a failure. Some of you are thinking, gosh, well, this stinks. I'm, I'm not doing really good on these things, and I feel like a failure. You're not a failure. You are loved by God. He loves you. And he's just bringing these out to the front so that we all see it, so that you can experience life to its fullest. So if you're here today and you're feeling shame, I speak peace over you so you don't carry that shame. That's not yours to carry. But if you're here today and you're thinking, James, how am I going to fulfill those things? Right now I feel overwhelmed. I don't even know how I can do one day at a time. And I'm going to say this, it's through Jesus. But James, that's what you always say. Pastors always say that. It's the truth. I would not be here today without the power of Jesus and the Holy Spirit in my life driving me forward every single day. Well, James, how do I get that? Simple. Accept Jesus into your heart today. Believe that he did die on the cross, that he rose again, and that he's alive today. Ask him to forgive you of your sins and then walk forward with him and fulfill your 5% with him. If that's you today and you want that kind of relationship with Christ, come on, church, let's step up. Let's go for it. You got to start with opening your heart and allowing Jesus to give you
what you need to fulfill your 5%. If you're here today and you want to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you want the power of the Holy Spirit to drive you and give you what you need, and you want God to forgive you of your sins, I'm going to ask you just to raise your hand right where you're at. Maybe you're coming here for the first time. I agree with you. Yeah, I agree. Raise your hand. I see your hand. Yeah, yeah. Amen. Anybody? I see your hand up there. Balcony, yeah. Anybody else? Come on. This is your day. God wants to do something new. I see your hand back there. Yeah. Anybody else? This is awesome. Anybody else that wants to have that? Because I don't want to miss this opportunity. This is why we're here. I see your hand over there. Yeah. If I don't see your hand, God does. He's not some distant being. He's present with you. Would you repeat this prayer after me? Dear Heavenly Father, come on, church, we're going to have you repeat it after me. Let's join together as the body of Christ. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your Son to die on the cross and to rise again and to forgive me of my sins. I say today, thank you. I give you my life and all that I am. And I choose today to walk forward with you to fulfill my 5% with you today. In Jesus' name, amen.